0: Good morning. I'm sorry if I was making that squeaky sound. All right. This morning, we're going to start off uh, a little bit different. I need you to just track with me and don't go to sleep. But I do need you to close your eyes. So everybody in here, close your eyes. All right, I need you to picture... Picture your home. Picture the place where you sleep. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's an apartment. Maybe it's your friend's couch. Picture the place that you call home. What is outside? What does the sky look like? Are there flowers outside? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What are you feeling in your heart and in your mind? What emotions are filling you as you picture that place? What people are there? All right, keep your eyes closed, and I want you to wipe that picture from your mind, but keep your eyes closed. Now I want you to ask God to give you a word for yourself. God, how do you see me? God, when you look at me, what do you see? Focus on what's coming to your mind right now. What, what image goes with that word? The Spirit here has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and sound mind. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Does what you're seeing and what you're hearing align with who God is and who the Spirit is? What are you feeling as you're seeing that? What are you feeling as you're hearing that word? What is repeating in your mind? Maybe it's just the comfort of silence. Maybe it's the discomfort of silence. Open your eyes. That place in your memory that place in your mind, in your heart, that's the place that God speaks to you. When you have these big thoughts or these scary dreams or these ideas and these visions that come to your mind, you're not crazy. That's the place within you that God speaks to you. The spirit of God speaks to all his people. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God speaks to all His people, not just the pastor, not just the worship team, not just the people on staff, not just the people that you like to listen to on a podcast. The Spirit of God speaks to all His people. We all have the ability to hear from Him because the Spirit makes God known. We've heard, we've heard it said before that if you want to know the character of God, you look to the life of Jesus. If you want to know the character of God, then read your Bible, read your scriptures, and you will learn. You will see what the Spirit of God does. You will see what the character of God is. And if you want to experience the character of God, seek the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is this thing that makes God tangible. It makes God something that we can feel. It makes God something that we can experience every single day of our lives. It's so important to read scripture. It's so important to know the life of Jesus because that gives us direction for our actions and that gives us something to align what the Spirit is telling us with. But if we leave out seeking the Holy Spirit, then we miss experiencing the character of God. So when I fully surrendered my life to God and I started to hear about this thing called the Holy Spirit, I thought to myself, I have to know everything that there is to know or I'm never going to tell someone about this. So something about me, if I'm going to do something, I need to know it is fact and I need to know everything that there is about it. When I decided that I enjoyed baking and that was something I wanted to do, I researched types of flour. I started reading Betty Crocker's cookbook. Who does that? And then I started looking at what's the best mixer? What are the attachments that I need? What are all the things that I need to be fully equipped in this? And I did the same thing with the Bible. When I gave my life to God, I said, okay, fine, you can have it because I screwed it up a whole lot on my own. But if I'm going to give it to you, I need to know who you are. And I poured over the Bible to find every instance where the Spirit of God was mentioned. Because I understood God and I understood Jesus. But the Spirit was weird. I didn't get it because I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't touch it. And so I asked God to let me see it and feel it and touch it and experience it. And what I found, this is crazy, what I found is that... There's over 50 instances in the Bible, over 50, where the Spirit of God is sent to make him known. In the Old Testament and the New, a lot of times when we look at the Holy Spirit, we focus just on the New Testament because it descended in Acts. But get this, the Spirit of God is in the first two verses of the Bible because the Spirit of God is there from day one. So turn with me now or look up here at the screen. We're we're gonna go to Genesis chapter one, starting in verse one. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The spirit of God is actually mentioned before Jesus. Now, Jesus was there. That's a whole other uh, theology of the Trinity that we're not going to get into today. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Our first point today, first thing, the Spirit makes God's transformative power known. Before anything is created, the Spirit of God is hovering Before we are made, the Spirit of God is hovering. In fact, when we are made, the Spirit of God is hovering. God's Spirit was there at creation, bringing life and transforming everything from nothing. And if the Spirit of God can create the entire earth, if it can create everything that we see, imagine what it can create in us. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 3 and see what it does in us because it's mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the first half of the Bible before Jesus. The New Testament is the second half of the Bible with Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 16, it says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Right here, we see the Spirit of God hovering again. And we know that when the Spirit of God is hovering, something's about to happen because the Spirit of God brings the transformative power of God and makes it known. After this, if you overlay the Gospels, if you take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you lay them all side by side and and start putting pieces together and looking at the chronological life of Jesus, do you know what happens immediately after this, after the Spirit descends? If you look to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, we're not gonna go there right now, I'll summarize it for you. After the Spirit descends, the first thing it compels Jesus to do is turn around and offer the spirit to everyone present. In Mark's gospel, it says that there was a crowd gathered when Jesus was baptized and and when the heavens opened up and and God looked down on his son and said, this is my son who brings me great joy. Jesus turned around and said, and all of you, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe. And he offers the kingdom of God to every single person who is present. He takes his dad, who, by the way, is the creator of the world, and looks down and takes time out of, oh yeah, being the creator of the world, to open up the heavens and look at his son and say, this is my son who brings me great joy. And he says, you can have my dad too. You can be in my family too. Two, this guy who just parted the heavens for me, you can have him too. This transformative power that just descended on me, the same transformative power that created the whole world, it's for you too. He turns around and offers it to everyone. He doesn't care if they're a Jew, if they're a Gentile, if they're an Israelite who's in the family of God, or if they're just someone who happened to find themselves there that day. He doesn't care if they're a man, a woman, a child, whatever. He says this transformative power is yours if you want it. And then because he didn't want to just give it to the people on the shore, he went to the cross, he died, defeated death, and that same spirit again rose him three days later, and he was like, and you know what, now you can all have it, whether you've seen me or not. The transformative power of the Holy Spirit is made known. The power of God is made known. The Holy Spirit that was there at creation that descended on Jesus, that raised him from the dead, is for you. It is for you. But the question to be asked is have you welcomed his spirit? Have you welcomed that transformative power in your life or has it stayed in the realm of a cool idea? When you're struggling, when you can't really figure out what's happening, when it seems like there's 150 dots in your life and none of them connect, Are you trying to figure it out, or are you seeking the power of God? Because in creation, I have to believe there was 150 dots that didn't connect. It was just a big ball of water. But God makes himself known, and then things make sense. And even if they don't make sense immediately, we have peace in the process. Because the Spirit does so much more. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and see what happened with the power of God when the Israelites got themselves in a mess. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 2, it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Point number two, the Spirit makes God's guidance and truth known. When the Israelites were wandering, God didn't leave them. They were wandering because they started forgetting who He was. They were wandering because they were questioning Him. They were wandering. Because even though God had rescued them from slavery, from being the slaves of the Egyptians, even though he parted the sea and miraculously led them through and kept them safe from the chariots of the Egyptians, he led them away from bondage. They forgot who he was and they started cursing him and that's why they were wandering. But even though they did that, God stayed with them. And the spirit the Spirit made God's guidance and truth known in that time. Manna was a food that rained down from heaven. In 40 years, somehow, their clothes, as they were wandering through the desert, didn't rip. Their sandals didn't fall apart. Their feet didn't swell. If you've had a baby, you know that your feet swell every time it's hot after that. That's a miracle that for 40 years, their feet didn't swell. That's crazy. If, you, if you've ever tripped and fallen, you know that your, your clothes are gonna rip When you brush up against the ground, they're wandering through the desert. Sand is grainy. Stuff should have ripped. Stuff should have fallen apart. But God's guidance and truth was made known by the Spirit, and they were preserved. And you know what? That's not the only time God did it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Immediately after Jesus was baptized, immediately after the Spirit descended and hovered, The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, this should sound familiar, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes. From the mouth of god jesus quoted back to satan the same thing that sustained the israelites in the wilderness the spirit led jesus to this place why because of exactly what it says in deuteronomy to test your obedience to test your character to see if you're going to follow my commands and what is and what does satan do during that time he comes at jesus identity He comes at who he is. He says, if you are the Son of God, prove it. Jesus didn't have to prove anything. You don't have to prove anything. The Spirit brings to mind the Word of God. Jesus knew the Word. He knew the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. It's something that any Jew in that day would have known. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, The fifth book in the Pentateuch, Jesus knew it because he had poured himself over the Word. And the Word is what the Spirit brings to mind as he makes God's guidance and truth known. So what does that mean for us? I don't know about you, but I don't have five books of the Bible memorized. I would love to. I wish I did. I read a lot, but that doesn't mean that I can always call it up on the spot like that. So what does that mean for us when we're in those times? I'll tell you what Jesus didn't do. He didn't wait until he was in the wilderness to then start studying. He didn't wait till he was in hard times to go to God. He went to God for the 30 years prior to that so that when those hard times came, he was sustained. I wish I could tell you that I had done that, but to be honest, I didn't. I went through a period in my life where I walked away from the church, and because I hadn't taken the time to get to know who God was, when the devil was coming at me about my identity, I didn't have anything to say back to him, because I didn't know anything, so I just believed him. But when I found my way back, and when I found my way to understanding the Holy Spirit, and I started pouring myself into God's Word to try and know it. That's when God sustained me the next time the hard times came around. Because we will constantly go through hard times. Just because we surrender our lives to Jesus doesn't mean things are going to get easier. It just means that hopefully we have an understanding of His Spirit to allow His guidance and truth to get us through. Even when it feels like God is silent, He's there. It didn't say that the Holy Spirit was standing next to Jesus in the wilderness. It didn't say that the Holy Spirit was something that he could look to and, and reach and grab and touch and, like, and hold its hand and be like, oh, this is so hard, but I'm so glad I have your hand to hold. The Spirit was within him. And it brought things to mind in that place, in that place in your mind, that place where you dream, that place where you get crazy ideas and then you're like, ah, oh, but that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to go for it because that doesn't make any sense. Sometimes, sometimes it might not make sense, but sometimes it's God. And when it aligns with his character, and it aligns with who he is, and when it aligns with what we see in the Bible, we know that it's God. His guidance and his truth are made known by the Spirit, and they are what sustain us. And maybe, maybe I'm saying all this and you're like, That doesn't make any sense. I don't have, I I don't see things in my mind. I don't have ideas. I don't get pictures. I don't feel like God's ever told me something crazy. And that's fine because he speaks to every single person so differently. Every single one of us hears from God in a different way. But every single one of us hears from God. And this is why I know in Joel, in Joel chapter two, in verse 28, Joel was this guy in the Old Testament. He's, he's known to us as a minor prophet, but he had major revelations. It doesn't matter how small his book is, read it, because Joel heard from God. And in verse 28, it says, "'Then after doing all those things, "'I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. "'Your sons and daughters will prophesy, "'your old men will dream dreams, "'and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. God says you will do these things. And listen, we're not waiting for this to be fulfilled because in Acts, Peter quotes This prophecy. Peter quotes this promise from Joel in Acts at the Feast of Pentecost and the festival when the Spirit descends like fire, creating columns of smoke, and it descends on his people. And then and then everyone, it says everyone began prophesying. They began speaking in every language, they understood each other. This has happened. We're not waiting for it. The Spirit of God is here, it is in you. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like he said, like he said after he was baptized, repent and believe the kingdom of God is near. If you have accepted that message and you have believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then guess what, you have that spirit. So what are dreams and visions and prophecy that he says because I have some weird dreams. And like that consistent dream that I have where the zombies from The Walking Dead are under my bed, like that's not the dream that he's talking about. I'm not kidding, I have that all the time. I can't watch that show. It like terrifies me. That's why I didn't play Mad Scientist with you guys on Friday, I can't do it. But anyways, uh, it's not that kind of a dream. So a dream is something that takes you out of your current reality and captivates your mind. It could be something that happens when you're sleeping. It could be, that happens in the Bible. Or it could be something that when you're sitting somewhere, maybe in a meeting, maybe right now, maybe it happens on Sunday mornings. Maybe it's when you're talking to your friend, when something triggers a thought in your mind and you go down a bunny trail, you forget where you are, you fixate on an idea and you're like, "Ugh, that would be amazing. You just dreamt, that's a dream. A vision, a vision isn't some crazy thing that only happens to some people. A vision is, it's something that you imagine creatively about the future. It's when dots start connecting that didn't previously make sense. That's a vision. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. A prophecy, a prophecy is any time you hear from God and communicate it. That doesn't mean that every time you hear from God, you should just say it right away. You should pray about it, you should check scripture, you should make sure it aligns with the character of God. But if it's not a spirit of fear, timidity, and if it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if it's those things, it's probably God. Because it says that's the fruit of the spirit. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. My husband and I, we we get dreams and visions and prophecy completely different from each other. Sometimes he's 100% sure I'm crazy. Because with me, I'm a creative person. I see, like, I see pictures in my mind. When I, when I like, found out I was pregnant, I had these like, colorful visions of like, ah, oh, like, I can't wait to hold my kids, I can like, see their nursery, it's gonna be like this, it's gonna look like this, and then I put it together because I was like, hey, yeah, I got the ability to do that. The first time I walked in this building, before it was ever Third Streets, Back in like 2011, I think it was, I walked down these halls and I literally saw them filled. I saw the kids running. I saw the people in this building. I saw a church. I assumed somebody else was leading it, it wasn't me. But, but I saw these things. And I knew that that was something God was doing. Now, now with Corey, when he gets visions, f- for him, because of the way he thinks, He's a connector. He loves to like put people together and like make things happen with a huge group of people. So with him, it's not this thing that happens in his mind. Nine times out of 10, he draws it on a whiteboard 65 times and draws arrows and starts figuring things out because that's how God works too. God speaks to us in so many different ways and we need, as the body of Christ, we need you to be confident and to discover the way that he speaks to you some people some people feel the spirit when they're running when they just go on a long run and they're in nature some people feel the spirit when they're singing some people feel it when they're cooking You can see and feel and experience the spirit of God in so many different ways. And he is going to speak to you uniquely because the word of God promises that he speaks to all people. Point number three, the spirit of God, the spirit makes God's dreams and visions known. We know that from his word, we see that in his word. When you speak to God, when you pray, it's so important that you take the time to be silent with Him. When you have a conversation with someone, with your friend, with your roommate, with your spouse, with your kids, you leave space for them to talk. You leave space to hear from them because that's how you learn the desires of their heart. That's how you learn who they are. That's how you learn who God made them to be. And so we need to do the same with God. This morning, when we started off, we went to a place in our mind where we, where we tap into our memories, where we think about the things that we love, the things that have stuck in our mind. And we need to leave that same space and that same silence when we pray. When you pray, our challenge is all, after you pray, don't just say Amen. Sit in quiet. Start with two minutes. Then go to three minutes. Then go to five minutes. But sit in silence after you pray and allow God the opportunity to speak back to you. He might bring to mind a passage and so you pull out your Bible and start reading. But you know what's happening when you're reading? You're not talking. You're not focusing on you. You're allowing the character of God and who God is to be be made known to you in that moment. The Spirit, the Spirit makes God known. The Spirit makes His transformative power, His guidance and His truth, His dreams and His visions, it makes them real and tangible in your life. If we want to experience the character of God, then we need to seek the Holy Spirit and we can. And Scripture tells us how. And so I just want to leave us today with that challenge, to be silent with God, to allow Him to speak to us, to allow Him to make Himself known. Because when He does that, you will find an empowerment within you that feels like nothing you have ever experienced before. And it never leaves us. It didn't leave the Israelites when they were wandering for 40 years. It didn't leave Jesus when he was in the wilderness. It's not going to leave you. The Spirit of God is not the people in your life that have let you down. The Spirit of God is not the people that have abandoned you. Don't hold the sins of broken people as equal with the character of God. Allow him to be God. He is the same as he was All the way back in Genesis 1, he's the same today. And that same transformative power, that same guiding light, that same thing that sustained people, that same thing that rose Jesus from the dead, and that same thing that gave, that promised dreams and visions is a thing that you have the ability to receive and tap into today.